Not only do I want you to choose me, but also I want you to choose me without a second doubt. Welcome back to Midnight O Two Season Two Episode Five. This is your host Amy. How's your evening going? Well, I'm going to tell you about mine. So today, a lot have happened, and I recapped and wrote a bunch of things down, and I wanted to share some of them with you. So these days, I haven't been sleeping well, and it's totally reflecting. On my face, as well as the contents for the podcast, but I'm still working really hard to produce different types of quality content and inviting guests, just for you. <laughs> so today's topic is what's been keeping me awake at night. It's been a while since I've talked to you about my personal updates, but I feel like as a writer. These days, I have been experiencing a lot of new realizations, and I wanted to share them with you. So, first of all, I realized writing is taking over my brain and my body. So, as you guys know, I am temporarily back in Taipei, Taiwan, right? So, a lot of times, I'm by myself outside of freelancing design work. I'm always in my room. Recording or writing scripts for both podcasts, and I realized there's a lot of time when writing takes over my brain, takes over my entire mind. What I mean is that I can't stop, you know, like the thoughts are going on and on, like taking over and dominating all my thoughts, and my thoughts are basically. Affecting my sleep schedule as well as my behaviors and my moods and emotions and feelings, and as a writer, I feel like those feelings need to be digested and those feelings need to be translated into words. So if I sound tired today, that's probably why. Excuse me for that, but I'm still happy to be sharing these with you. So I've been trying to write as much as possible before going into sleep. Thinking that if I write everything down, then my mind would go into sleep and prepare myself for a good night dream, you know. But things don't go as how I plan it. I just, you know, once I lie on the bed and the thoughts and writings and lines keep on forming, and they're dominating and taking over my brain, and I can't stop but to think again and again. And I would regret thinking that if I don't write this down, I'm going to lose it. If I come back later, like the morning, then it will be different. I might lose something very important. But here's the problem: when I was younger, like I this happened before too. So when I was like 15 or 16, you know, I started writing very young. I would get up in the middle of the night, like 3 a.m. or 4 a.m., just to write one sentence down, and I would be able to fall back into sleep, you know. But then now I'm 24, and I started to realize my body cannot handle that anymore. I realized that my body is saying that it needs a good night's sleep. That I can't do that constantly. Getting up and going back to sleep and getting up it is long-term wise bad for my body and for my health. So I've been struggling and dealing with how I should 
um, managing my writing as well as my actual realistic, healthy <laughs> lifestyle. You know, because as a writer, I stay up a lot. Sometimes staying up till the morning to edit one or two lines, get that、um, <laughs> punctuation right. You know, I feel like for non-writers, it sounds crazy. A lot of people who are not writers, they question me and then they ask me if I've gone insane, and I was like, no, I don't think so. <laughs> well, so this is very hard for me to express. I'm not sure if this is making sense to you. But the feeling of writing taking over my brain is happening a lot lately, and I've been speaking with different people and especially friends of mine that are also writers, and they've been suggesting me to just write everything down as much as possible. And I also thought about recording them down. You know, I think this is a slower way, but it is a helpful way too, just for my body and for my writing. So I will try that out, and I'll come back and update you. And then the second thing that's been keeping me awake is that I realized writing is taking control over my entire life. So for those that know me very well, I've been writing for ten years, more than ten years. Like wh- when I say I write for like a year or two, it means like I'm constantly writing hours every single day. Sometimes not hour, but I free write almost every single day, like handwriting them down on like physical papers with pa- with pens or with pencils. Actually, pencils most of the time. So that's been difficult because there's so many things that I'm doing. As you know, I'm recording podcasts and I'm also recording my audio book for Reborn. So please look forward to that, and then I've been dealing with some design work. Like I'm also a designer, outside of poetry, <laughs> so that's been pretty hard. So the time management is something that I'm working on. But when I say writing take over my brain and my my life now, the second point is because I always feel like writing is a part of me. And like I write in my book, it's inevitable that I became a writer. I feel like the circumstances and the situations make me who I am, and a lot of that is writing. A lot of that is I find myself in writing, and sometimes I get really scared because when I go back to read my own writing, they are so real. When I analyze my own writing, I realize how hurt I was. At certain points in life, and when I analyze my writing, I realize, wow, there are so many things I've gone through. There are so many emotions and feelings of the part of my brain or the part of my mind that I didn't know about. So through writing, I was always able to find that and was able to find peace with myself. But then right now, the mentality is running faster than my body could afford. So the balancing is a little bit off lately. I'm not sure if this is making sense to you, but lately I've been thinking about、um, my writing career and just writer as a role, like I said. So I've been constantly thinking about the meaning of writing and how much I should write and how I could do, how I could do better, you know. So if I think about it in the daytime, then I dream about it. And then the next day, it repeats again and again, and I feel like that's what a lot of old writers do. 
Like when I mean old writers, I mean like people or poets from thousand years ago. They basically would drink a lot to write, and I was always wondering, oh my gosh, is that a stereotype? Like writers always edit when they're drunk, or、uh, is it true that all the poets were kind of were never awake? And that's how they write their poetry. Like there's always that stereotype, or people always joke about it in the world of poetry, especially when I was an English major. <laughs> so that was something that I always thought of when I'm, you know, in the middle of like a conscious mind and like a not conscious, not so conscious mind. So, but I don't drink. I I drink tea. <laughs> it's helping. It's helping me. So.、Um, But you know, I still want to get a good night's sleep sometimes. So the third point that's keeping me awake at night is that I realized my Mandarin and English writing styles are so different. For those that know me, <laughs> English was never my first language. So yes, I am a Taiwanese American, but then I wasn't born into an English-speaking family. So I speak Mandarin, Taiwanese, sometimes Japanese, a little bit, only a little bit, to my family, and I rarely speak English to them. So it's pretty weird for me. <laughs> I don't know how to explain that to you, but throughout my、um, writing career and through conversations with my colleagues or with my friends. Who read both my English and Mandarin writings? They also agree with me that my styles are quite different. And I started writing in Mandarin first. So before I knew English, I was already writing in Mandarin. So I feel like even if I'm not speaking English or writing in English, I probably would have continued my you know writer's role as someone who speaks. Mandarin, or if I had gone to France, then I probably would be writing in French. Like at one point, I realized language does not make me、uh, like the writing more. I've always liked writing itself, no matter what language it is in. So I've been trying to analyze analyzing myself as well as my writings in both languages. So my conclusion. So far, is that because Mandarin is my native language, I feel like sometimes my words and phrases are darker in Mandarin. So I tend to tell more in every single character and punctuation I use in Mandarin, but then in English, I always add a positive note at the end of it. And I try to make English poetry like an everyday language instead of something that we would be reading among like English major workshops, because I want poetry to be accessible for everybody. I also thought about other possible reasons. For example, like I was only in Taiwanese local school for six years, so I only formally learned Mandarin. And writings from regular elementary school in Taiwan. And outside of that, I had to pick up books by myself that were in Mandarin. And I didn't hire like a Mandarin teacher or something, so I 
self-taught a bunch of Chinese poetry, literature, those kind of things. So I'll be either in the States or somewhere else, and I will be reading through what Taiwanese teenagers or Taiwanese college students are reading, and I will pick them up myself. And I do this out of my interest for Chinese poetry, for Mandarin poetry, for just anything in general that are in Mandarin. So I was always curious to learn more about language itself, and sometimes I feel like I lack a certain type of vocab, or just sometimes I feel like I still lack a lot, even though I feel like I am studying enough. But then it is never the same. Let's put it that way. And sometimes I also feel like I lack that in my English poetry. Even though it is my style to make it everyday language, but when I write in certain、um, style or format, I just feel like if I were a native speaker in English, my poetry probably would have been different. But you know, I don't regret because I'm privileged and very lucky to be able to learn different languages, and I'm also learning more languages now. So. <laughs> And、in the future, I know I'll be working on both languages and more, <laughs> just because I love both languages and just poetry in general. And last but not least, there's something else I wanted to share with you. So I met two Mandarin-based writers in Taiwan lately, and I was exchanging writings with them out of nowhere, right? <laughs> so they happened to realize that I was a writer. And we were able to exchange writings, so this is a very unique experience for me because in my life I've only exchanged Mandarin writing twice with two people, and those two people in my life,、um, let's put it this way, they were unique, important people to me, but those were in the past, so it was a huge decision for me to just share. My writing with someone and exchange writings because for me I feel like if you were to exchange writing with someone for feedback outside of like an English classroom, of course, it is like exchanging a part of your soul. You might think that this is cringy or it is very、uh, dramatic, and it's too much for me to put it that way. But that's how I feel, especially under the circumstance that I don't know them well. I only know them from their writing, and we decide that we want to share our writings with each other, based on the same topic. I thought it was really interesting, and I decided that oh, I wanted to join. So we shared our writings with each other. You know why I said that it's like exchanging a part of your soul with others when you exchange writings. Because I feel like I'm always naked and honest when it's my writing. If you read my writings or poetry, or if you listen to my podcast, <laughs> then you'll know me a lot better than those people who don't. When it comes to writing and text and poetry, I can't lie, <laughs> and my feelings and texts are also raw in all different forms of poetry. Or just short fiction, or just a short paragraph. So me sending that part to them, I'm always so afraid. 
writing part was never the problem. Writing itself was never a problem. The problem was the courage for me to send it to them, to share it with them. Especially, you know, they were all great. They're all great writers, and they have great, amazing styles that are different from mine. And a part of me would be like, "Oh, what are they going to think?" You know, I understand that this is just a hobby of writers that we exchange writings. And I usually don't really care how people think of my writing. Like, if you like my writing, then I'm very happy and I feel honored. But if you don't like writing, that is fine, totally fine. I totally respect everybody's opinions and different thoughts. But for me to exchange something that is so personal with a writer, and just receiving the writing from the person. It shows a lot about the personality, I believe. Even though the narrative could be different from the speaker, from the writer, he himself or herself, but I believe that it is still a lot to share, and it is probably more personal than sharing private contacts or sharing photos. For me, sharing writing is. Literally giving out a part of me to someone, and to that someone that I'm not really close with, and then you will ask me, then why why did you share it with the writer if you don't know them well enough? That is a good question for myself, <laughs> because I also don't know either. I feel like through their writing, I could a little bit by little bit understand. What their intentions were and what their writing styles were, and it was just fun. It's just like a game that we wanted to play, write on the same topic and share that with each other. So it was amazing to have met someone like that. Have it's amazing to have met two writers that are willing to do that with me. So I'm working on it, and I still felt shy and nervous. After I sent my writing to them, <laughs> yeah. So that's all I wanted to tell you. And at the end of this, I will read you a new poem that I wrote lately. The name of the poem is called "Choose to Love." Not only do I want you to choose me, but also I want you to choose me without a second doubt. Some people are afraid to speak love, so they make love. Some people make love but could never love. Some people love without making love. Some people base their love on not paying with love. Some people see love as a choice and a decision, not a currency, not a tool, not a trick question. They use ten relationships' energy and put it in one, making love a classical selection like a yes/no question and never a free response. And that's the end of my podcast episode today. I hope you enjoyed today's topic. It was a little bit heavy, so <laughs> for if you have like more questions or things that you want to discuss, please email me at ahcpoetry.com. And thanks again for tuning into Midnight O Two. I'm your host Amy Chu, and for more information, you can visit ahcpoetry.com. And I will see you next week. Have a good night.